0: It's Tracy, and welcome back to Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. I am here with super producer, Alex. How are you?
1: I am so happy to be here, Tracy. I cannot tell you how happy I am to be and here.
0: And I know the lie when I hear it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can't even see my body language, and yet you still know that I am no. not happy to be here.
0: I know. Well, here, <laughs> no, that's my... not
1: true. I am happy to be here.
0: Oh, yeah. It's always fun. It's always fun. So here What's... is my question for you today, Alex. How much student debt did you graduate with? None. None? None. How'd you do that?
1: I went to an incredibly, incredibly cheap school. It cost an average of $330 a quarter. Oh. Yeah. And I got I got every penny's worth of education from that. Yeah,
0: and look at you now.
1: Yeah. I mean, just look at me now. (laughs) Yeah, they call me DJ Alex, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, uh.
1: Because you know, the surest way to lose all credibility in this world is to put the letters DJ in front of your name.
0: Unless that actually is your name. Who well, is our things. who is our guest today, DJ
1: Rousa? Oh, he's he's gonna be spinning tunes for us, spinning the wax.
0: No, he's not a DJ. That is his actual name, and he is a lawyer, and he is a student loan bankruptcy lawyer. And because okay, so we gotta talk about this because this isn't this is why we're having DJ on because Now there's this whole thing about them wanting to forgive all these student loans. So, um, and I'll tell you what I think about that. And that is not much because I think, uh, and I understand why people might want to do that. I get it, all the reasons. However, I think it sends a message that you are not responsible for your purchases and you are not responsible for uh, cause and effect. And I'm I'm not interested in that policy.
1: Well, first of all it's not a flat screen tv it's not like it's an impulse buy where you think you know what they're having a black friday sale today i'm going to run out you know battle the crowds and get myself that 56 inch flat screen tv and just charge it to the government no this is this is something that improves the country as a whole by lifting the education standard uh, and the barometer if you will or the tide uh, by raising that up and so it goes a long way towards making the country more competitive on the world platform do we want to make working people who pay their own bills pay somebody else's bills? Of course, the answer is no. Nobody wants to do that. The fact is they print the money for this the same way they you know finance the debt, the deficit. so uh, so it's not like it's coming out of you and I's pocket. And I think it might actually make us more competitive on a world stage, mm. which is the argument for it. And I think that's a good argument, but
0: I get um, I I sort of get that. I, just, I don't
1: know if it's the right thing to do or not. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a good decision, uh, but I know that there is a good counter argument for it rather than just that simple, basic, well, I'm not paying somebody else's. Bills. Well, I think
0: you just got to think ahead. It. You got you got to buy stuff that, you know, you can pay off. And I think all these loans are just. An 18-year-old probably too, does too not have that
1: capacity. Do what? An 18-year-old probably doesn't have the capacity to think five or 10 years. Ahead well, that's part of the problem, but their parents
0: should. You I mean, here's so. the deal. I got plenty of those loans. And all I'm saying is, is I graduated with $20,000 in debt, which at the time, it was in 1996, I thought was just overwhelming, right? I, I don't think that anymore. I make money now. It's not a big deal. But however, I think that's
1: actually a pretty reasonable debt.
0: However... If all this comes through, all this loan forgiveness stuff, do I get a refund? I don't know. I just want to be on the list for a refund.
1: Nope, you don't get a refund.
0: Yeah, well, that's how that works. You don't get a refund. And here's the deal DJ Rousa knows all about how to help people through overwhelming student debt. He has one client who ended up being a state psychologist with $880,000 in student loan debt.
1: Good Lord. So that was full medical school, undergrad, the whole thing.
0: It's what it sounds like to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Plus living expenses for about 10 years. That's my guess.
0: At least. Yeah. Yeah. But how are you going to pay that back if you work for the state? Yikes. So anyway, he has he has the line on things and he's offered himself as a resource to our listeners Mm. to help out with that, because there are a lot of things that happened with. Uh, d- or during the pandemic uh, forbearance things sound good is actually a trap um and he he's really here this is really the most public service announcement thing that we've ever done on here and he wants to help our listeners through overwhelming student debt because he knows the system and i'm just super excited that he uh, decided to come on
1: and he is going to make himself available to our listeners is that correct
0: well, yeah, you know, it, as, as any lawyer would, but you, we know how to how to get a hold of DJ. You will know if you listen.
1: You know, we may want to think about in the future hosting a live session with a QA and a when we have one of these uh, participants, one of these interviewees who's, you know, got so much valuable information and experience that it could be valuable to our listeners as well. So that may be something we could kick off uh, in the future. We
0: may have to we may like have that. to do it because right because I tell you with all the student loan stuff going on right now it is changing day to day It yeah. really is and so Absolutely. we have the the latest uh, so that basically nobody on this call has to go through financial ruin because of student debt.
1: So you'll want to tune in for this one and let us know what you think of this as well. Mm-hmm. Or of course, if you've got any uh, other ideas, we're always looking for new ideas and new people to interview, new, interesting mm-hmm. people to interview. So if you want to get in touch with us and, uh, and let us know your thoughts on anything on, on this episode of DJ Rouseau or future episodes that you may like to see, you can reach out to us by email. That email address is body language Tracy. that's Tracy spelled with an I. At gmail.com, Tracy at gmail.com. That's how you get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from
0: you. And you need to be nice. And uh, Alex reads those and I don't, and I get the, uh, every now and then he'll send me something interesting from that. So
1: I send her the executive highlights because I'm just the lackey.
0: Well, and because he knows I get caught up in things so
1: <laughs> yeah and if i send her bad news her hair goes bad and then everything goes out the window at it point.
0: does that's true yeah. so nope, nope.
1: bad hair day nope we're not doing anything today
0: yeah that's true that happens so anyway let's get to dj it's tracy i am back with another edition of truth lies and cover-ups and y'all i, I think this one applies to a huge amount of people i have my friend dj rousa here and um he has some stories about student loan scams and he is, he is on the good end of these trying to help people uh, manage what they've gotten themselves into maybe even unknowingly. And so DJ, this, cause you're, you're a lawyer and in, in this whole thing, like getting into student loans that really started cause you were living in San Diego and didn't you have like a, like a waitress at your restaurant or, or, or yeah, that, that you were eating at and yes. she had a business degree and how many, how much did she have in loans? And she's, she's waiting tables.
2: Well, yeah. And, and what struck me as very odd about that was, um, you know, I started doing some student loan work and then this young lady was, was working as a server. And so I just kind of asked her, you know, you know, would, was she a college graduate? And she said, yeah, she had her MBA. And then I was, I was floored because, she couldn't get a job and she was saddled with about 80 grand in student loan debt. Mm. That's just, that's just wrong. Um, And it it got to me thinking about not only the the financial hardship of this poor woman, but also, you know, how did she get there? You know, um, and, you know, a lot of this is, is a result of, you know, parents pushing people into getting their degrees or whatever. But it was the first time that I really realized that, to get a degree uh, in, uh, in in business administration, I mean, you really have to go up up, you know, have an extended degree to get uh, uh, value for for that that type of education.
0: And so, and, and so, because you were working on bankruptcies, and and so the door kind of opened, and you had this aha moment, and you've been helping people with their student loan bankruptcies for a long time and and you had a whopper of a story uh yeah and
2: and and so really what happened was how i really got into the student loan game was the fact that you know i've been practicing bankruptcy law now for about 28 years but about 10 years ago i started analyzing my own clients uh total debt load and and over a period of time i realized that their their student loan debt load exponentially was increasing so therefore they were emerging out of bankruptcy with this, this debt load that was unaddressed. And it just, it it struck me as very odd. I mean, and it has to be another way. Mm -hmm. So um, I started doing some research and do some, some training. And, um, and what I found was that there are options and there, and there are ways to handle it. And one of the biggest cases that I worked on um, was this, this person who had multiple degrees in psychology, I guess a couple of masters and a PhD, but she had $880,000 in student loan debt. a combination. Oh. I know, a combination between federal and private, right? Uh-huh. What, what in the world do we do with this person? Um, and, you know, what in the world was she doing <laughs> rigging up that type of debt?
0: Yeah, because because she was working like for the state, right? Like yes, she
2: was she was working for county mental health, making thirty six thousand dollars a year. Oh
0: God! Now I is know. that is that just complete lack of planning, or what? What
2: else goes into that? Well, you know, I think um, I think there's a I think what happens is is there's a a want to do something, and then there's the reality of it. Um, I don't get you know, typically I don't get involved in the front end. Why people do what they do, mm. you know. What where I get involved in is the now. What do I do, you right. know? Yeah. Um. And so out of that eight hundred eighty thousand dollars with this with this client, I was able to settle about three hundred thirty thousand uh, dollars of private student loans mm. for for a cash out um, of about eighty seven thousand, which she had the money for, um, mm-hmm. and then. I put her into a federal program that was based um, uh, on her her household income and size, rather than the balance of the loan, and and I do a lot of that. Um, I, I get people into a payment plan that they can afford, and not what a student loan servicer wants.
0: Oh wow! So so are there so there's programs for that, like specifically legal programs for where are these programs coming from like what's okay so
2: the u.s department of education when i talk about these income driven repayment plans Mm -hmm. um we're talking about that addressed federal student loans only okay starting in 2007 i guess uh, some of these repayment programs were developed because the u.s department of education realized that you know just having a standard repayment plan on a 10-year Thing really wasn't working for a lot of people because of the exponential increase in student loan debt, um, as a direct result of the exponential increase in the cost of higher education.
0: Oh, that that well, so someone was telling me like higher education has gone up so much because people get loans and they don't really realize the the cost of it, right? Because it because it, it seems like it's free at the, right. At the time,
2: right? Yeah. And, and a lot of that, you know, a lot of that is a, a failure to reverse engineer a college degree. Mm-hmm. And that's high terms, right? Right. Um, you're sitting with your high school student, you know, wants to go to college and say, okay, well, let's have a discussion about you've already graduated college and you mm-hmm. got a degree in the area that you want. Um, what is it going to cost and what's, what's your, what what kind of salary can you command? And if you have that type of discussion early on, then the cost of the education isn't so much of a shock. Unfortunately, at least in my experience, that conversation rarely ever gets conducted, and it's it's at the end it's crisis management, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, you're you coming out of USC or UCLA with you know three four hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt, and you have a bachelor's degree, which is you know isn't gonna isn't gonna give you get you a a two hundred thousand dollar a year salary to address it. So you end up exactly where you started from in mom and dad's basement.
0: Yeah. Or worse. Um, Okay. So, so some of these loans though, are, and and we talked about this are misleading, right. And and they're, they're written so that certain things just like, they're almost doomed to fail, I, I guess. So tell us about that. Like what's going on and what's, what's happened with the development of some of these, the evolution of some of these programs.
2: I think it's more insidious than just um, the loans themselves not working. The problem that I see happening, and that has happened, is the, especially in the for-profit arena, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the recruiters at these schools saying, come to our school, we'll give you financial aid, you'll get a degree or certificate, and we guarantee you job replacement. We guarantee Mm -hmm. you. YZ salary. And so younger folks, 18, 19, 20 years old, entering the schools saying, hey, this is fantastic. Only to find out that the, the student loans that were were taken out in their name and given to the school, um, you know, really didn't go to a quality education and really didn't go to job placement. And now they're, they're saddled with, you know, 30, $40,000 in a a total worthless um, degree or certificate and you know, they can't get a job. And historically that's been a problem um, that went undressed for a very, very uh, long time. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until really recently, when I say the the past five, six, eight years or so um, that, that a lot of these schools closed down.
0: Because you're talking about, because you know, It's my own podcast. We can talk about whoever we want. Um, So you're, so let's name some names here, right? So we're not talking necessarily about the community college down the street. We're talking about uh, these like ITT Technical Institute, DeVry, like who else are we talking about here?
2: So, yeah. So, uh, so I think the leader of, of the, the closures of the nonprofit schools was the Corinthian colleges. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that, that kind of was, was uh, the, the lead off. And then uh, DeVry, ITT, uh, Morello, uh, School of Beauty, oh. the, all those schools followed. Um, and, and basically what happened was, was the implosion. So when the students, the bo- student borrowers started screaming at the U.S. Department of Education, it really forced Department of Ed to do something about it and look at. Mm-hmm. the the system itself and then they realized how how insidious the the abuse was and then the the federal government then yanked title IV uh, uh, loans in other words the federal government was no longer going to loan these students who wanted to go to these for-profit colleges anymore mm-hmm. and the student the, the the schools themselves collapsed because of the federal money drying up oh wow And so, if you can think about you just walking into ITT Tech, sitting down to 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 work on your electronics class, and then an administrator coming and saying, "Pack up your bags. We're closing the doors." Mm -hmm. And it and it happened. It happened with DeVry ITT Tech Corinth. All the Corinthian colleges, same thing. And this is a nationwide problem. They're Mm -hmm. just limited to a geographical area. Um, Wow. Yeah. And then to the day was still the, the U S department of education is still working on addressing this, these borrowers and the money that they took out to the, for these valueless educations and certificates to forgive them of those student loans and mm-hmm. a very slow process.
0: Oh, wow. So, so they're still working on it. And that's been a good, Absolutely. a good several years ago. So, yeah, and, and
2: they're still, and they're still working on it. I mean, just, just, um, uh, I think. Let's see. It was, it was in December um, uh, this past year that that uh, the 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 current administration uh, issued a a forgiveness across the board for I believe it was ITT. Oh, really? Yeah. Previous to that, well, so what what was happening is you could file a, fill out an application, but the U.S. Department of Education was sitting on these applications and uh-huh. not. Processing them and then finally the, the current administration and the current um, uh, US Department of Education powers to be really started to process these. Mm-hmm. But these 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 borrowers were held in limbo for a very long time
0: uh-huh. very Wow long. so did they have to I mean how, how many did, did, did they have to keep paying on these while they were in limbo or what happened
2: no no when they, they the, the collections were suspended while the applications were pending mm-hmm. up until the change of administration, Um, Well, previously, only about um, uh, 6% of all applications were actually granted, Mm. left 94% of all applications processed, uh, the previous administration just put on the shelf. And then our current administration went back and reversed that and started opening up uh, and processing these applications and granting these administrative discharges. Um, You know, so you know, we want to look at, at, at the, that's, that's kind of what's happening, mm-hmm. but understand that this is, you know, 35 years of, you know, abuse and mismanagement and, and lack of guidance and, and lack of, of, uh, of the watchdog um, to keep an eye on these abuses. And so it, it would be incredible if the current administration could reverse all of that very quickly, but it's not. I mean, it's very, very difficult because they don't know what they're doing. You know, it's very, very difficult to, to, a, to correct a, a systemic problem um, in a short period of time.
0: Oh yeah. Now, oh, um, I am just so curious, like what, like, what's your percentage of people that come to you cu- with the student loan debt of like these private schools versus like, I don't know, a state university system or like, like what, where are the, where's the majority of your clients?
2: Okay, so you have, you have either federal or private loans. It doesn't really matter where they go to college. Okay. And they get a combination of both and go to the same college mm-hmm. or the same institution. Mm-hmm. So the analysis is not necessarily where they went to school, but what type of loans they have, mm-hmm. what they have, mm-hmm. what's the status of those loans, what type of loans, aside from being federal and private, when they were taken out. All of these are, have different criteria. So that's the analysis that I, that I, that I look at. Um, uh, client for client, I think it's pretty 50-50. Oh, really? Okay. In other words, uh, private student loans have their own set of problems, and those clients come to me with a particular problem, such as they're being sued by the private student loan lender. Uh-huh. That's how I get that. Okay. And on the federal side, the federal side, um, frustration and fear, drives these clients to come see me because the system is so confusing, so misleading, so frustrating that the, the clients that come to me with federal student loans typically are frazzled and they just don't want to deal with it anymore. And it's so confusing. And I cut through the mustard and get right down to what programs available to them. How do we get there? Um, figuring out what's going to be the best program for them that Uh they can afford. And, you know, it's it's almost one-to-one. I mean, like, you know, yesterday I had a private student loan. Today I had a federal student loan, you know, Uh kind of how it goes.
0: Wow. And so you said you had some, some developments that have come even in the last few days on some of these cases that you, that you've worked on, because you've had
2: some pretty crazy cases. So could we dive into some of those a little bit? Sure. Sure. So, you know, um, well, let's, let's first talk about uh, a lot of calls I get are, are this. I heard that um, I'm going to be able to get rid of $50,000 of my student loans because I heard it on the news. Mm-hmm. I get that, right? And so, yes, there, there is talk about, you know, across the board forgiveness for a certain dollar amount, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, of course, there's no consensus, Right. Right. Uh, I
0: heard that, and I went. Well, I want yeah. some money too. I paid my. I paid yeah, my not all.
2: <laughs> so, so if you think about the national the national average of student loan debt for a borrower who has a bachelor's degree is about thirty seven thousand dollars in debt, and that then that's current. Now, now I'll that's be transparent.
0: I came out of the University of Colorado with about twenty, and that seemed mm-hmm. like an a huge amount to me back in the day, and it took me. Right. It took me till I was thirty five to pay it off because I just right. paid it off just what they said uh, monthly. Yeah.
2: So so uh, you know um, one of the big things that 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 is out there that's being discussed is is whether the president of the United States vis a vis an executive order can forgive a certain amount of debt, right? Whether he has the legal authority, right, right. and mm-hmm. there's there's discussion, you know it's very odd because the president says I'd be willing to forgive 10,000, but I'm not willing to give 50,000 because I don't have the legal authority. Well, that doesn't make any sense to me. Either you have the legal authority or you don't. That is precisely why no across the board forgiveness has been, has been granted to anybody. All right. Right. So there's another thing that says, well, the, 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 you know, let's forgive 50,000. Right. Um, Well, That's all fine and dandy. But what happens if somebody has 300,000 in student loan debt and you forgive 50? Okay, so now they're still saddled with two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of debt. Right. Really, is their life going to change very much? Not a lot.
0: I mean, well, okay. so where is personal responsibility come into this? Because there's there's like like let's go into let's say I'm going to go down the street here to the University of Colorado. Right. I decide I'm going to go back to school. And like okay so we talked about reverse engineering uh degree. Mm-hmm. But then where does the responsibility really lie for getting the loan and making sure it's the it's a the right loan? I mean, how what what let's talk about that a little bit. What are you seeing yes. out there?
2: Well, okay, so I think I think historically one of the biggest problems was uh, and 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 maybe it still is I mean, I'm not a parent. I don't know what to tell a sixteen year old kid or an eighteen year old kid what they should do or what they uh-huh. do. I have no experience, and I'm glad that I don't have to be in that position, but you know, parents want their kids to succeed right mm-hmm. maybe maybe the 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 path to, to succeeding is a degree of some sort, right mm-hmm. so. Is it the parent's responsibility to watch out for an eighteen-year-old kid? Is it the eighteen-year-old kid's responsibility once mm-hmm. once that person signs a a loan? Mm-hmm. Sure, certain re, uh, personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. And again, based on the information those that are given to them by the school and the by by the financial aid office and 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 by the the, the U.S. Department of Education, that information may not be. 100% accurate or 100% mm-hmm. current on affairs, current affairs, what's going on today, the present economy, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, all these things come into play. Sure, you could say, you're 18 years old, you sign the paperwork, you pay the money, end the story. But I think it's more complex than that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and 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 I think, sure, everybody shares a, a slice of the responsibility, um, depending on how how cynical you want to be about it. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, I, I would be of I would be of the mind that there every every single uh campus that has a student um financial aid office should also have some sort of financial counselor office right next door.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: You know, so you go to financial aid office saying, hey, okay, you want this degree? Here's what it's gonna cost. Before you sign anything, go to a an independent party, you know, mm-hmm. okay, you know, let's let's talk about the global. Let's talk about the the big picture here mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. And, and suck that emotion out of it, because a lot of it's driven on emotion. Um, uh, you know, so parents certainly uh, have some responsibility and and parents certainly have the responsibility for them taking out their own loans for the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, well, they do that, too. Right. Sure. Because you have parent plus loans, which are taken up by the parent for the child's Education.
0: Yeah,
2: child is not responsible for that loan at all, ever. It's the parents
0: mm-hmm.
2: and sometimes grandparents. And so sometimes the financial hardship or fallout of that skips over the student and goes right to the borrower. Oh boy! So, so what's what's your number one tip? What's your number one tip to to get
0: into the right loan for you? Or or we could talk about that. We can also talk about what's your number one tip. Like if, if you're experiencing, like you're looking at bankruptcy, what, uh, like, how, how do we do, how do we deal with this here?
2: Well, let me let, let, me answer the first question first. And I, and I think, I think, um, the analysis is okay. Number one, do I need a college degree to get where I want to go?
0: Uh-huh.
2: Such as, you know, right. I don't need an electrical engineering degree to be an electrician. Right. Right, You don't need a bachelor's degree to go into the trades. So what do you want to do? If you want to go into the trades, how much is that going to be? Mm-hmm. the way, as an electrician, as a journeyman electrician, you know, uh, one of these types of, of high-end trades, how much money can you make? How much mm-hmm. money do you want to make? Right? Right. And so maybe college in and of itself is off the table because you don't need a college degree. So mm-hmm. that's number one. That would be one of my first concerns. Right. Right. My second concern would be All right, so you want to go to college? Let's be sensible about what type of college degree that you're after. And I think the answer is STEM, mm-hmm. science, technology, engineering, mechanical, right? You come out with that type of degree, you're going to get a good job, which is going to pay for that education. Mm-hmm. Do I think a liberal arts degree is worth a darn? No. Do I- <laughs> <laughs> a a, a four year degree in French art appreciation. No, it's mm-hmm. only going to be so many, you know, museum curators out there. Right, right. right. Um, and, and, and so you have to be smart about it. And I know for a fact, because I, 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 I see it, you have people with bachelor's degrees, maybe even more advanced degrees, and they're baristas at Starbucks. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, how did they get there? Maybe maybe there's lack of, lack of personal responsibility. Maybe mm-hmm. they pushed. Maybe they had these these dreams and then just said the heck with it.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
2: know. Now, you
0: know? how do they get to you though? Like what? Uh, okay. What's what? So, what do people need to know so that like when it's well, time to go see you,
2: it's time ty- it's time to go see me. The the first time you get a student loan bill you cannot pay. Mm-hmm. The earlier the better. Typically, what happens is this. They get a bill that they can't afford. They call up their student loan servicer, say, I can't afford it. The student loan servicer says, hey, no problem. Put you into forbearance Mm -hmm. next year. And what's happening during that one year period of time is that interest is accruing and capitalizing on the principal for that year. Mm -hmm. And then so the same thing happens the following year. Your income hasn't improved any. Now the bill is twice as much and you put it into forbearance again. And I've seen, you know, payment histories on people where they've been in and out of forbearance for 15 years and has never made a payment. Oh, it happens all the time. Really? All the time. Yeah. And then all you have to, if you want to, you can just Google it, right? Mm-hmm. Google uh, federal student loan default rates. Mm hmm. And in the past five years, it's probably, I don't know, double, maybe tripled. I don't know.
0: Oh, man. Wow. OK, so the, so as soon as you realize you're in trouble, they need to call you. So yeah. so do you have any like you said you had some like last minute updates on on things that have been going on here last even the last couple of hours.
2: Right. So, I mean, aside aside from the the talk and I believe it's all talk and I think it's going to take an act of Congress to give across the board forgiveness of whatever amount. Uh huh. Uh, because because everybody's too divided on that, um, so the first thing is the last extension on the of the moratorium on collections, mm-hmm. federal student loans, and the zero percent interest rate, which went into effect in March of of 2020. Um, that's set to expire May first. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. So, in theory, if nothing else gets done between now and May first, which is six weeks away or so, mm-hmm. federal student loans become, are going to become due, okay? Mm-hmm. That being said, a couple of days ago, the U.S. Department of Education sent out an email to all its servicers saying that do not send notices to 41 million borrowers that their payments are going to be due May 1st, okay? Okay. Then it's not saying that they're not going to become due May 1st, uh-huh. that the servicers don't send notices to their clients, to the, to the borrowers. Oh. I know. It's, it's added confusion. Uh-huh. They're not saying that they're going to extend the moratorium, but they're also saying that they're not going to extend the moratorium. Now, back in October, the current administration said, this is the last extension. Mm-hmm. Okay, so October, November, December, January, February, where everybody was under the assumption that this was going to be the last extension. Well, mm-hmm. just now, in the past couple of days, there's chatter that it may be extended all the way to 2023. So just this morning, the head of the Senate Committee on Education sent a memo to the president saying suspend all collections to 2023 so we can work on this. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It's it's on the horizon. Um, uh, you know, it it may may not happen. May not happen. And by the way, there's a huge pushback on extending this any further. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> in in Congress, because it's been extended so far. You know, it's, it's been extended for now over two years. Uh huh. And the federal government is losing money every single day on the the inability to collect on the, on this 41 or $6.1 trillion plus interest.
0: Well, there's that. And if they're not sending out the, if they're, if they're just sending out notes or not sending out notes, like creating more confusion, like, Oh my right. gosh, like what a ripe environment for just
2: problems for people. So. Right. And so, um, so when, when they extended it last time, right. To, mm-hmm. to make first
0: mm-hmm.
2: okay, part of that announcement was, your servicer is going to send you um, basically uh, heads up notices. Mm
0: -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. That's what it said. Okay, cool. When I start to get the heads up notice, you know, then I know that I got to start preparing for it. Right.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Like I said, a couple of days ago, the U S department of education told the services not to send that out anymore. mm -hmm. So that creates one confusion. Number two is whether it's going to be extended or not. Right. I mean, who knows? And so therefore, from a student, lo- uh, student loan lawyer perspective, right? Mm-hmm. These are the calls I'm getting. This is the, this is, I heard this was going to happen. I heard that was going to happen. What should I do? What should I do?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And a lot of times they say, you know, hang in there. That's not typically what I tell them.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Um, what I tell them is, okay, let's look at your finances. Let's see what we can do to get you into repayment right now, because anything that you pay is going to go to principal, and reduce your balance, right? Because yeah. it's 0% interest. So now's a great time. I mean, if you can imagine what you would do with your mortgage, right? Uh-huh. If your mortgage company called you up and, or sent you a note and said, "We're just we're making your we're making the interest on your house loan.
0: Uh-huh.
2: zero. Right? You better pay it. That's what you better do. <laughs> well, you're going to you'll, you'll double up on payments to reduce the yeah. balance. Yeah. And increase the equity, right?
0: <laughs> well, I think I think what we've learned here is when all else fails, pay the bill. <laughs> like just, just yeah. And and, and and I know how hard this is for folks, and I know that some of these people have gotten into situations that you know you get in above your head. I get it. I totally right. get it. Okay, so how can people get a hold of you because you are a resource like none other for this in a in a for this huge huge problem? How can people get a hold of you?
2: Okay, so I have. um, I have, or you can always call me on my, my direct line um, here in, in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's 615 885 4335. You can also go to my web stu- website, which is very, very easy to remember, and it's dj at com. And the website is obviously address, address your student. For student loans, plural.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, well, that is easy. DJ, I hope some people get off their butts and call you if they're in this kind of trouble, because um, there are, there are solutions and, uh, you know, number one solutions to pay. The second is, Hey, see, see how you can reduce what's going on for you, or at least yeah. get something that's, that's reasonable going. Cause I just think, you know, you had this one $880,000 student I, I mean, that's huge, but there's other th- amounts that are equally yeah. as crushing for folks. So. Yeah.
2: And, and, and yeah. think about, think about this, think about the cost of becoming a, a medical doctor or a dentist or mm-hmm. a practitioner or um, a nurse practitioner, right? You're talking three and $400,000 of student loan debt. Oh right? yeah. If you don't come from, if you don't come from money to be able to, to, to get that, the, that type of education, right? Mm-hmm. Think about the residency and everything else. And, and like I said, historically, those are my clients, doctors, dentists, oh, wow. mm-hmm. chiropractors, nurse practitioners, um, uh, not so much engineers. I mean, for some reason, um, I haven't had any engineers as far as I can recall. Um, but these, these professions that that take a long term education Mm -hmm. to obtain, um, and then you have to go through the the licensing process, you know, Mm -hmm. the internship or, uh, something like that. Yeah. puts people behind the eight ball. And then if you, if you, if you don't make it, doesn't mean your the cost of the ed- education that far disappears either.
0: <laughs> right. <You cannot laughs> That's just the thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like the people that don't actually end up being a doctor, but went through medical school. Right. Ooh, oh my God. I'm just, and, my- and,
2: and, and lawyers, by the way, are not exempt from this either. Uh huh. I mean, I probably in, in, in my career so far, I've probably had a dozen or so lawyers.
0: Oh man.
2: Wow. Okay. And, and, oh, I just wanted to add just, and speaking of lawyers, um, I am not the only student loan lawyer in the country. There are mm-hmm. several others. Um, some of them, uh, uh, you know, practice within a particular state, but that being said, there's only a handful of us that really know this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I consider them my colleagues and, and every single one of them that I know that I've interacted with, uh, um, really take this, take this very seriously. So, um, if you're in, you know, Michigan or Boston or, you know, California or, you know, wherever Colorado, um, you know, you can always Google them and you're going to find somebody who's, who's a little bit local that, that you might feel a little bit more comfortable with chatting with.
0: Sure. Sure. Address your studentloans.com. DJ. Thank you so much for coming on truth lies and coverups. You're just, uh, this is super valuable. I'm, I'm just thrilled you came on.
2: Well, I I very much appreciate you, Tracy, and and I know uh, uh, hopefully we bring some value to your audience, and we'll see you next time. Absolutely. We'll have you back. Thanks for joining me.
0: Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate, and review it. I'll see you next
2: time.